What's up, citizens? I am your V podcaster host, Jay Starks, and welcome to the Bingo Book Podcast. I really appreciate you for joining us on this epic journey. We are on episode six. Wow. Wow. Episode six. That's fantastic. And we're definitely going to keep it going. Uh, of course, we got to give our shout outs to our returning members, Bo Matt in the chat, you know, or if you are uh, in the comment section for our YouTube page or listening directly from streaming services, wherever you get your BBP podcast from, we appreciate you. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we should go ahead and get straight into the show. This is going to be very interesting. Um, you know, the, uh, the animes that came out for our Wednesday slate uh, was very hard hitting, like to the heart. And so that's uh, pretty much our aim for today's show. So let me go ahead and move into my office, if y'all don't mind. <laughs> you know, first of all, we got to start off by talking about our winter 2022 anime discussion schedule for Wednesday. So we do have a Wednesday and uh, a Saturday show. We start, you know, pretty much each of those days at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And here is our schedule for our Wednesday show. So the animes up for discussion is Tokyo 24th Ward, Sasaki and Miyano, Tribe 9, Love of Kill, Attack on Titan, and Demon Slayer. Uh, now, you know, it might come to surprise. It's like, okay, you know, he's reviewing animes, but, you know, how are you basing this? Like, what, what are the factors? Well, I have three key factors when I review animes. And I think that these three factors are very, very important when, you know, you want to talk about how good or bad an anime may be. So the first thing is animation. Uh, you know, how good the art looks, how fluid are the scenes as a transition, all that good stuff. Then story progression or pace. And, you know, that's kind of like, you know, how well is the story developing, moving us from point A to point Z? You know, that's that's how I look at story progression or the pace of a story. And then lastly, dialogue. You know, I think a lot of people underrate dialogue, how important it is. Um, it's what draws you into the shows. You know, if the show doesn't have a lot of great dialogue, um, then a lot of people won't get on board. They want to feel attached to something. And the dialogue is definitely the most one of the most important pieces to pretty much any piece of entertainment or storytelling. Uh, and then, of course, we have our rating ceiling. Uh, we rate things for one through seven, one being the worst, two being terrible, three not good, four the middle, five good, six great, and seven is the best. Okay. Well, now that we got that established, I think it's time for us to get into our first anime of discussion, and that is... Tokyo 24th Ward. We are on episode five and the title was called Red Line. Red Line, you know, kind of hard to, you know, decide what is this episode going to be about because the title was, you know, kind of unique in that way. Uh, this episode was, you know, really interesting because I figured I find Tokyo 24th Ward to be surprisingly deep like very rich with uh you know unique 
content, you know, it wrapped around emotions that kind of uh, pick at your mind, you know, and I honestly was not expecting this anime to be that way. I thought it was going to be one of those uh, good feeling, vibrant action based animations. And it's, it's actually not as, it's very, they, they humanize the characters very well. And um, you can see that when you look at the views through Shuta, Koki and Ran, who are, you know, pretty much the three main characters uh, that this anime is ran through. And I'd, I'd say that this episode, um, you know, at least in my mind is the start of a, of a very dark plot twist. So when I think about animation, I say, okay, this was actually a pretty good, you know, in animation terms, you know, nothing crazy over the top. There wasn't a, a lot of, um, you know, uh, high level action scenes or anything like that, but it was good. You know, it, it, it was pretty smooth for the most part. The story progression was great. I mean, I can't say that this episode red line, uh, was very intriguing. Um, you know, you see, you know, these three, uh, friends, you know, and how they operate together in trying to solve crimes and saving people simultaneously. Um, but you also get to see how their personalities are evolving. And, you know, I think that's in, in a way, I feel like this animation is kind of showing, you know, as children, how we have this um, view of, you know, everything is kind of peachy king and great and wonderful and beautiful. But as we mature and become, you know, adults, we see that things are actually a lot harder and tougher uh, than it was when, you know, we were children and we didn't have as much responsibility. So, um, you know, I feel like Tokyo 24th Ward has done a pretty good job of, um, you know, showing that contrast between children and them coming into their young adulthood. Uh, the dialogue was great, you know, great dialogue. I mean, I was pretty much wrapped around this episode in my mind. This is probably the best episode that we've seen uh, so far. Um, you know, so in conclusion, I say that this episode red line was great. It was very rich moments that really jerked at my emotions uh, a lot. <laughs> um, you know, the, in, in all honesty, they have a lot of real world experiences that are embedded into uh, this episode. You know, one example that I can think of right off the back is uh, you had a character who had a grandmother who had dementia. Now, you know, if you're, you know, anyone who knows someone uh, or maybe you have a loved one, you know, someone close to you that um, suffers from this cognitive disorder, uh, then you know exactly how cruel this um, can be, you know, and how it negatively impacts a person's memory, their thinking, uh, and some, you know, and or behavior, you know, and it's 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 really crushing uh, to see, you know, when someone is experiencing something like that. So, you know, if you are one of those people that's listening, uh, you know, I wish you the best, and you know, you know, keep your head up, you know, keep moving forward. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that your loved ones will appreciate you uh, and think of you, uh, you know, for all the things that have happened in the past, present and future. OK, now let's move to our next anime, and that is 
Sasaki and Miyano. Ah, good old BL. You just gotta, you gotta love it. <laughs> so we're on episode four. This was titled Limit. Limit, 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 limit. Now, you know, because I've watched BL and I've, you know, a lot of animes have this uh, term limit kind of thrown around a lot. Oh, I'm at my limit. I don't know if I'm going to, if I can reach my limit. And depending on the genres, it means different things. You know, if it's action and you hear someone say, oh, I'm at my limit, then it typically means, oh, you know, I'm not strong enough to, um, you know, get this, you know, beat this person down, you know, or, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it any further. Hey, y'all go on without me. But in BL, when you hear limit, it it means <laughs> means means something uh, a lot different, you know. And I'd say uh, if you do watch BL, then you know exactly what to pretty much expect from this episode, wholeheartedly. You do. Uh, so so you know, I just thinking about my own personal experiences, just thinking about the theme of. Uh, this episode in limit, you know, it pretty much uh, entails, Hey, like I like somebody so bad. I want them so bad. And I want to reach out to them and express how much I care about them. Uh, and, but every time I see them, like I, I can't, uh, you know, find the strength in myself to go up to them and say, Hey, like, I like you, I, you know, I lie. I want to, you know, I'd like to see if we can be boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, but there's moments that happen between you two where you become more fragile and you want to go to that person and say, dang, like, because you touched my shoulder that day, I, now I, I really can't stop thinking about you. And I think I'm at my limit that I'm going to just grab you and hug you and tell you how much I care about you. Like, oh. Just get get goosebumps when I think about it. <laughs> but um, yeah, you can see I got the I'm like wow, like this is this is kind of crazy. <laughs> but um, you know, just thinking about the story and the progression and how it's it's going, like okay, just hear me out. I know that this is a BL, right? But I'm going to tell a story, and if you just stay tuned to this, you know as we do more episodes on our podcast, you'll kind of see where this is going. So uh, in elementary school, I know it's such a long time ago. <laughs> like who talks about their elementary school uh, crushes? Well, I do because I remember like things like that. And I just feel like it was so unique. Well, I had a, we had a, a new girl, like her and her sister, they moved into the neighborhood and they were originally uh, tr uh, transferring from uh, another city, so completely fresh, completely new to uh, the, my town, my part of town. And when I seen her at our our um, bus stop for the first time, I immediately got a, like I was like, oh, oh my goodness, like she's so cute, like she's super cute, like and you know she seems pretty cool. But because you know, you kind of have to see like the psyche of me, like when I was younger, you know, I'm not the person I'm, I'm definitely changed a lot. Like I was very blunt back in the day. Um, 
it's very straightforward. Just, I don't know. It was, I, I was, you know, just a, a boy, just being a boy and just, you know, uh, but I definitely had some characteristics about myself that it was like, okay, you know, don't say the wrong thing to him because it could be a problem. I don't know. It was, it was, it was a crazy times back then, but uh, you know, I, I liked her a lot. She was like a grade uh, underneath me. I might've been in fifth grade and she might've been in fourth grade, something like that. And I remember thinking to myself like, okay, I'm just, I just got to wait for the, like the best moment to, you know, conversate with her because prior to like me, you know, while I'm thinking all of this and all these times that I'm meeting, we're at the bus stop, we're waiting for the bus, we get on the bus, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm not going to say anything to her because if I do say something to her right now in such a bland moment, like I'm not gonna be this epitome of of coolness. <laughs> like I'm not gonna be cool. I gotta wait for this co- a cool moment to happen for me to like really like send a message. And that's kind of how I am. Just like okay, you gotta set it up, set it up something beautiful to happen. And I I don't remember. It was just like a crazy day, but I I don't know how I end up going to the store and getting candy. But I just remember. Uh, we were at the bus stop and we got there like super early and we had a corner store that was not too far away from us. So, you know, you know, a corner store, convenience store, that's kind of our slang. And, uh, you know, I just remember hearing, you know, the girl I had a crush on talking about, oh, how bad she wanted some candy. Oh, I wish I had some candy so bad. This sucks, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, I got enough time to where I can go to this convenience store. I can come back. And then when I get on the bus, I'm going to sit in front of her. And if she says something about it again, about wanting candy, I'm going to give her, I'm going to give her this candy. Right. So now I, some people listening and they like, oh, like you, you must be talking in code. You know, when you say candy, I'm like, no, like, this is real candy. <laughs> like, get your minds out of the gutter, please. Just please do that. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, so now I had the candy. I got the bag, you know, it's filled up to the brim with candy or not. And I get on the bus, you know, and everything plays out exactly how I'm thinking. I'm in my seat. I'm in front of her. And I hear her sit, sitting with, I don't know if she was with sitting with her sister or another friend, but I hear her kind of groaning again about, Oh, I wish I had some candy, you know, again or whatever. And so I turn around with this poise and I'm like, hey, I got some candy here. Take this. And I think the candy was, um, oh, it was like this soft, chewy candy, like almost like strawberries, but it wasn't strawberries. It was, uh, it starts with the M. It was like Mando, Mundo, something like that. But anyways, so... She got the candy, you know, she's happy. She's over the moon, blah, blah, blah. Then time goes by, uh, maybe a couple days. And I, I remember there was a knock at my door, you know, at, when I was at home and it was probably like early, it was probably like late afternoon, maybe like four, five o'clock. And my mom comes to me and she says, 
hey, it's for you. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, I'm not expect, <laughs> I'm not expecting anybody to be at this door. Like, what is what's what's going on? And you know, I I look and it's the uh, girl I have a crush on. It's her sister, and she hands me this uh, note card, which is like a flash card almost, and uh, it has words on the back, or whatever. But it was like a piece of candy stuck to it, and so. She's like, hey, you know, read it and and then, you know, come to our, our place or whatnot. And, or we'll, like we meet up at some one place and like let let us, you know, let her know your answer. And so I'm like, wait, what? So I said, like, okay. So I close the door. I go back inside and, you know, I'm reading this, this pretty much love letter. And, you know, she's saying, hey, you know, I really appreciate you giving me the candy the other day. Like, I think you're so cool, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I really like you, you know, would you be my boyfriend? And I was like, <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, that actually worked. I can't believe it. Like, like Jay, you're a genius, right? <laughs> so I'm feeling all the love, like all the love. It was, it was great. And of course, you know, I meet, uh, I, I, I come back down, uh, stairs, uh, out of my uh, apartment we were staying at and they're literally there waiting. Like, I thought we were going to meet at this other random spot, but they're waiting there. And, you know, I go to her and I was like, yeah, like I, I, I love to be your boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of where it takes off. But there's another, a whole nother part of the story where things take a drastic change. <laughs> I, I am a living animation. <laughs> Believe that. Walking, walking, breathing, talking. <laughs> okay, so uh, going on the grade of the episode, uh, episode four limit for Sasaki and Miyano, the animation was good. You know, nothing over the top. You know, it's kind of the theme. It's, it's um, plays it very safe. And But I would say that the animation looked a lot better like more smoother, more crisp, uh, this one than a lot, some of the past episodes, you know, and maybe it's because of certain characters that came out that where they were being a little bit more pristine, but it did seem like there was just a slight, uh, quality adjustment. It feel it felt that way. Story progression was the best. Oh my goodness. This story was so good. Just seeing, uh, Miyano just kind of, gorge over Sasaki and, you know, really starting to feel these moments of dang, like I, I, I think I really like him and he's having this major conflict with himself of wait, but I had a crush on a girl, but I think I like him. Like I, you know, and just seeing how that is going is it's, it's, it's really good. <laughs> The dialogue was the best as well. I mean, every moment, this episode went by so fast. Like, it went by extremely fast. And that's why I would say, that overall, this is probably one of the best episodes that Sasaki and Miyano has had so far. Because the episode went by so fast. You could, Like, the fluidness of all of the different levels of what makes a good anime and good episode just were all mixed into this. So they did a great job. I was really, really, um, you know, happy about this episode and I can't wait till episode five because I know that that's going to be, I think episode five is going to be the one where we get, uh, 
more confirmation between them two. Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> okay. Let's go to our next anime, which is Tribe Nine. Now, Tribe Nine is at episode four, and it was titled Without Him. Now, if you've seen what happened in episode three, then this title makes absolute sense without him, you know, and there's only one him that you can think about. And I got to tell you that like the way that this, um, you know, what happened in episode three was not expecting that at all. Complete shocker. But there was one moment in episode four um, that, uh, that was kind of a quotable that I, you know, thought about, and it's 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 so profound and it's so true. A character said, "It only hurts more when you let your mind wander," and you know they were talking about someone that they lost, you know, that passed away, and so if you've, you know, you know, if you, you know, you're listening right now, and you've lost someone recently. Um, you know, or that you're missing very strongly, but, you know, they've been gone for a while and you're just, you know, just thinking about them. You know, to me, uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with letting your emotions pour out. Just just let it out, you know, and and get that out of your system because you have to feel, you know, it, you're, you're human. You have to be able to express those things. Don't bottle it up. And I think it's healthy, honestly, to have a good cry. You know, me personally, I think, um, you know, I try to make myself cry at least once every three months or so. Uh, but I will say that, like, you know, I cry so easily these days when I'm watching anime, especially that there hasn't been, um, you know, there's been so many good titles that I haven't had any uh, issue with letting the waterworks, <laughs> you know, just pouring them on. Right. Uh, and then there was another scene where uh, one of the new tribes, he's, you know, he hits the ball and then next thing you know, he's revving up this motorcycle and he's using the motorcycle to get the base. And one of the characters screams out, Hey, like, uh, you know, you, you can't be on a motorcycle. And the, you know, he responds by saying, this isn't a motorcycle. These are judge approved spikes. What? You know, I was, you know, that part had me tripping so hard. Like I was laughing so hard because um just imagine, like, you know, and I, I've kind of described Tribe Nine, you know, it's this baseball game that has this extreme factor to it where you can fight people. Um, but they also you can, you know, as episodes have, you know, kind of gone and, and, and went, you also see how the players try to skirt the rules a little bit, try to bend the rules a little bit to, to their, to their liking. And so hearing this, you know, was just hilarious. It's like, yeah, like if, if you could get away with something like this and the judges would approve that, then you would, right? Because this is extreme baseball, you know, and, and they're trying to win it by any means necessary. Okay, so the animation was good. Um, you know, I, I, I honestly, I'm not a big fan of the Tribe 9 animation. And you probably hear me say this, you know, each episode when I'm reviewing Tribe 9. Uh, but this episode was, you know, pretty good animation. 
you know, they had a uh, new city that they kind of displayed, Adachi City, which is actually a real city in um, uh, Japan. You know, it's uh, North Tokyo, per se, and it has its own kind of unique vibe to it. Um, but the story progression was, uh, I- I'd say, is in the middle. And a lot of it is because I felt like it was very unnatural. It felt rushed. You know, they literally threw these new characters at us and the way that um, one of the, I would say like the key members, you know, um, is kind of out of the scenes in, in, in tribe nine, it really made me feel like, wow, like y'all just, you know, y'all had, we had this, uh, very important piece that you know a very sad moment that happened and we just rubbed away from that like an afterthought almost like there was really no build up to that you know and then now you get these new characters and a new guy that's kind of like a replacement um and i don't know it just it just it's just really just kind of all over the place and so story progression left a lot to be desired and you know i'm definitely in the middle but i will still say that as the episode was going i still found myself enjoying um you know the overall story so even though i I don't like how we got these new characters and we moved on to this new scene so fast uh, I think there could have been a little bit more build up to it and they could have found a way to to make it the dialogue was good you know, and and I think that's why, um, you know, this was a, a pretty good episode overall because um, the way they were they were able to at least talk about certain points and bring you up to speed was like okay, you know, I, I don't know how we got from this from this point to this point, but at least the way that y'all are talking about certain things and with these newer characters, you know, I'm a, I'm a, at least able to continue watching and feel good about the future of of this anime. So, yeah, that that is that's Tribe Nine, and um, man, I, I just feel like this anime have so much upside, and it just needs a a touch up of a couple things. Um, that would kind of put it over the top but you know hey you know maybe i'll feel a little bit different towards the end uh when i review this anime as a whole and give my overall thoughts about it right okay and we move we move we move we have our next anime which is no other than love of kill now episode four it was called real face real face kind of hard to put my finger on what this could be because i i feel like you know so far the journey that we've been on with love a kill it feels like a lot of people are putting on a fake face you know it's hard to tell like what you know what is song like it like what is he who is he as a real person is he showing his genuine feelings uh, you know or is this a farce is this a part of a um a front that he's putting on you know and then with uh chato you know she is very stale you know she doesn't show any emotion and you, you know you see these flashbacks from of her when she was younger and you know she's pretty much been a split image of being consistent you know she's the same person she was when she was a child and in how she is now in her adulthood and that's really weird and and i feel like 
um, this episode was very revealing of what, you know, well, I should say very revealing, but it did have some moments where you kind of thought like, okay, I, I, now I get Chateau's story a little bit better and I understand why she is the way that she is in a way. And so, you know, just thinking about this episode, it made me think about uh, people who are orphans, uh, adopted children, you know, and I would say to you that, you know, please just, you know, be kind to other people because you never know what their life story is. You never know what a person's been through. And I mean, that goes for everybody, of course, you know, but, you know, I've, you know, have a few friends that were adopted and, you know, some of them, you know, it was like they were going on these long journeys of kind of trying to find themselves at some point. And it's like, yeah, they, they love their adopted family and they treat, you know, they feel like that's my real family, despite not being my biological, you know, mother, father and, and siblings. But, you know, they still feel like there's a part of them that's missing. And they go on this journey to kind of find like, where, where, where is this part that can kind of fulfill me? And sometimes, I mean, you see these in, in TV shows where, you know, they find a long lost sister, that biological sister, or they end up, um, you know, uh, reconnecting with their biological parents. And sometimes that ends up being the, the thing that makes them feel whole of having this extra extended family where it's like, okay, I have my adoptive family and I have my real family and I'm bonding with all this and I feel much more fulfilled, you know? So, you know, just be cognizant of those things. And I really feel like this episode of Love a Kill kind of shows how shocking it could be to someone who, you know, may have lost their parents, you know, or a loved one that took, you know, raised them and was kind of a guardian to them. And, you know, that now, you know, those um, experiences, you know, change their personality, change their their DNA of of how they want to deal with other people and, and live in this society. So, you know, just incur be encouraging, be supportive, and uh, a valve to them of of you know, hey, I'm I'm here for you if, if if there's any moments or time that you need me. All right, so let's talk about the animation, grading the animation. I thought that the animation was great. You know, there were some. Uh, a few combat scenes that took place, but just overall, like the way that it looks and how things move, it feels, you know, I'm, I'm very captivated. I feel like I'm in the the animation and I'm a spectator just watching. So it was really good. Story progression uh, or pace was great, man. Like that, that's one of the things that I feel like is the, the champion of Love a Kill is, the story that they're telling and how they're moving, the pace that they're moving is is great. Like it's very fluid and seamless in a way. Uh, the dialogue was good. It wasn't as great as the last episode, I want to say. And only reason why I felt like it was just good when, you know, it, it has a lot to do with the recap scenes, you know, that I don't know why, but I feel like the recap scenes in this anime have been they missed the mark a lot they they and maybe it's because they're showing too much in the beginning of the episode and there is it feels a bit off like yeah i i love that they want to inform the viewer and and kind of get us to kind of connect pieces or 
recall things from the previous episode, but I think it's overdone and they probably need to reel back just a little bit more uh, and, you know, allow us, you know, if we want to go back and get a refresher and rewatch an episode, we could do that. Uh, or, you know, maybe we can just get a sliver of the last episode and it just kind of lets our mind wander a little bit and we can put the pieces together um, in, in the coming episodes. And I'm like, okay, as soon as I start watching this episode, oh, okay, I remember why this happened in the previous episode and it makes all the sense in the world. And, you know, sometimes, um, you know, doing too much uh, is a bad thing. You know, but I will say that there's sometimes where, you know, doing too much or doing a lot, you know, more is better than less sometimes. Right. All right. So in conclusion, yeah, that the uh, episode four real face for love of kill was a great episode. And, um, you know, it really put things in perspective with Chato and, but, you know, you get to see song in the, uh, issues that he's having with Ho, you know, how that's playing out. And man, I, I, I really don't know what's going to happen in episode five, because I wasn't expect for expecting for them to have this kind of face off. So, so soon, like it, it happens like right in the blink of an eye. It's like, Whoa, this is, this is crazy. Like we moving kind of fast here, but I'm, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm on this ride. I'm ready. I'm willing and I'm ready. Okay. Now we go on to our next anime title, and that is Attack on Titan, the Big Mappa Dog. Woo! Oh, I was about to start barking just then. <laughs> uh, episode 79 title is Memories of the Future. And, you know, you, you could pretty much tell from 78, episode 78, that we're going to go on an epic ride to um the past pretty much you know and and seeing some thoughts that uh or events that happened with Aaron and I feel like the overall theme for this episode has a lot to do with kind of that bond that you have with your siblings whether it be your brothers or your sisters um and you see brothers you know, at least in my experience, you know, I have younger brothers who are at least, you know, eight to 10 years apart from me. And to see this episode is, is really interesting because um, when you are siblings that are years, like several years apart, you know, it's, it's so crazy because I actually had a conversation with one of my youngest brothers uh, yesterday and we were sharing stories about, you know, how we grew up together and you know our different experiences that we had uh but also like our my overall uh look on all of my brothers like how how I felt how I felt about them growing up and how I feel about them now uh and you know just what I think about them as individuals as a whole and you know just in sharing all of these different stories you know, you learn a lot, you know, and it's, it's crazy because like, man, I never knew my brother experienced so many, uh, so some of these things uh, when, you know, we, when he was younger. And so this is like my first time hearing these stories. And I mean, it's actually pretty badass like to, to hear this, but it's also, 
you know, if it's a bad moment, it's triggering. It's like, ah, I wish I would have knew that because I would have been there for you. And so seeing the relationship play out between Aaron and Zeke in Attack on Titan uh, and how Zeke being the the big brother and wanting to, you know, he's caring for him and saying, hey, like, I'm going to try to save you from this, uh, this, this, this life. I'm going to, I'm going to bring you uh, and, and and show you the way to where, you know, this is the, the solution that we're, that I want. You'll understand that this is the right thing to do. And, you know, what I, another thing that I found interesting coming from Zeke is he said something around, um, uh, Hey, uh, my father, he loved his second son enough that he wanted to delay his restore uh restoranist mission and if you if you look up restoranist or restorationism so i might have said that restoranist <laughs> okay but if you look at rest, uh, restorationism uh you can see that there are undertones from historic periods in attack on titan and um, if you look up restoranism, you'll see um, some terms and, you know, it doesn't really matter the the religion that's kind of behind it. I mean, I guess you could look at that, but uh, just one part of it specifically, it says vision seeks to correct faults or deficiencies in the church by appealing to a primitive church as a normative model. So when you think about rest restoranism or restorating something, they're saying that, hey, um, it's, in my vision, I'm, I see that there are some issues with this, there's some deficiencies with this, some problems. And I think that the, the way, that way of thinking is primitive and we're gonna try to restore that to a more, um, uh, uh, modern uh, model or idea or concept. And so clearly when you think about the author, Hajime Asayama, who uh, created Attack on Titan, he has to have an interest in um, history to me. Like, he has to have an interest in history. And, and I think beliefs, just thinking about the beliefs of us as individuals as well, I, I think he finds a strong interest in that. And what I find to be even more crazy about that is Hajime Asayama is a 35 year old author. Like what? 35 years old and he makes such a uh, impactful title like Attack on Titan. And it has these um, moments of, 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 of history embedded and tied and, and intertwined into his, his story. And so I, I honestly don't think that y'all understand or there's some people out there that don't understand how incredible this feat is to have such an amazing body of work at a, a young age like 35. Like to me, that's young because when you think about most authors and I'm talking about like, you look at it like any book that is out. So you can go to maybe Game of Thrones, which is a, a massive book um, in the kind of, um, I don't know what genre that would be, like nightish fantasy. I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of genre that would be. But, you know, that the author had to been at least well into his late 40s, 
maybe mid fifties when creating that piece of work. And, and that's usually where it comes is like the author is usually has is older and has a, a lot of experiences uh, because of their age being one part of it to explore these different ideas and create these, these uh, fantastic piece of work uh, that we get in manga form that eventually become adapted into anime titles. So, you know, I'm probably going to do a segment in the future. I, I think this will be cool to uh, commemorate young manga writers and illustrators that are under the age of 30 and 40 years old. And I mean, you see these lists where they'd be like um, uh, Forbes under 40, Forbes under 30 or something like that. And I think it would be cool to do a segment like that for um, manga writers and illustrators that are, are a lot younger could kind of, because then you have a, a, a nice view on, you know, what is the future of anime looking like? What is the future of manga looking like? And at the age of 35, I mean, we definitely can say that, Hey, attack on Titan is definitely one of, you know, his best, uh, Hajime san's best, uh, work that he's put out, but this might just be, one piece of work that we get like his next greatest work could be his next uh, uh, manga that he puts out you know and it could be picked up and turned into an anime as well so just you know being thoughtful of that is is really interesting and I, it makes me really excited for the future of manga and, and anime as a whole so you know it, it should not be any surprise to y'all when it comes down to the animation for attack on titan this episode was great you know there wasn't any crazy uh action scenes or a lot of motion going on so i'd say it was just great uh for what it is and how solid the the art and unique the artwork is um the story progression or pace was the best oh my goodness like just being a part of this whole ride, this, you know, especially this last couple episodes uh, in this final season, part two has been a thrill ride. And this story, um, you know, in this episode where, you know, now we're in these thoughts of Aaron, of things that's happened in the past. And oh my goodness, the very end, the ending of how all of this played out, my look. <laughs> Yo, know, well, I, I would get to that, but the dialogue was the best as well. I mean, my goodness, the way that they um, describe things as it's happening, like scene for scene, and they kind of build up the to this moment to where we get our crazy, I guess you could say, kind of plot twist towards the end. I mean, come on. Like in conclusion, this episode of Attack on Titan was the best. Seriously, Attack on Titan keeps delivering the goods. Um, I, t you know, stormed on Twitter and I went on on to say, hey, I really believe that Attack on Titan might be the best, although I probably should have said the greatest story in manga history. And I stand on that. <laughs> I stand 10 toes down on that. Like, I really do think that it's the best story um, ever. It, it, it really might be. And, uh, you know, of course I had one of my, uh, uh, dear friends, Adora Bunny, who said, Hey, you know, um, you know, Chainsaw Man, uh, you know, is something that you might want to consider, you know, that I think that story is pretty, pretty out there. And you might, you know, you might want to reel back on that. So once that animation, um, comes out for Chainsaw Man, 
uh, I'll definitely check check it out and you know give my opinion and maybe that that is the greatest manga story in in history. But as of right now, uh, Alt looking like the goat. <laughs> but but hold on, I need but let me reel back because I will say that I love uh, supremely ReZero uh, starting life in another world. Uh, man, that story is fantastic too. But I think. I think because I've seen some elements from ReZero and other stuff and Attack on Titan feels so special in that way, even though ReZero is special in that way too. Um, I think I'm going to have to give it, give AOT the notch. You know, I, I think I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> All right. Now we move on to our last anime and that is Demon Slayer. Ooh, my baby, my baby. <laughs> so we're on episode 42, Defeating an Upper Rank Demon. And I mean, they pretty much were straightforward with this title. So you kind of had an idea of what was going to happen, you know? And I mean, if you look at the previous episode, then you know that you felt that this was coming to a conclusion soon. And so, you know, what the animation for... Uh, this episode, it was the best. I mean, the fighting scenes were, oh my goodness, chef's kiss. Like the, 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 uh, theatrics that were going on, you had these, uh, belt like, um, robes that were going all over the place. And then these blood, uh, demon art, right? I mean, it was just, it was just fantastic. All I can say is if you watch this, you know what I'm talking about. You know, if you're listening, Please tell me what your favorite uh, part was in the comment section, uh, you know, or, you know, you know, holler at us, you know, on social media and let us know. Would love to hear that uh, story progression. The best. I mean, everything has been so fluid. Like, yeah, you know, the first um, couple episodes, I say probably the first two episodes of the entertainment district arc were you know set up you know they was kind of bring you know toning it down a little bit we had our comedic moments and then it revved up so fast and i mean it's just been an enjoyable ride you know and you know i'm i mean really loving uh, this season so far although oh my goodness I, I i feel like i can't go on without saying this but i feel like i've been so cheated as a viewer for someone that went and spent my my money to go watch uh, Mugen Train in the theaters, and then for them to translate that into uh, I think seven episodes, and then that's a part of season two. What? Like no, I'm sorry. I uh, look, you foldable. I want my extra what seven or eight episodes to feel satisfied. <laughs> Because to know that this anime is going to be ending soon and we don't know when the next season is going to come, like, because I, I wouldn't think, I, I don't think that they're going to, I don't, I don't think that they're going to try to do another movie like right after this. I, what I can see happening is, okay, we wait a little bit till we get season three. After season three, then that's when I can see them bringing back another movie title and kind of, uh, replicating what they did uh, from in season one going into season two. I really think that that's going to be their way of going. And I mean, just, I mean, look, 
if you're a fan of Demon Slayer and you love the the art, you love the story, you love these characters. I mean, there's so much to really appreciate about this title, uh, this IP. Then you, just like me, you're most likely going to be going to the theater and watching it too. So don't be fronting. <laughs> don't, don't be capping talking about, oh, no, they just trying to milk us for the money. I'm not going to go watch it. I'm going to just wait for it to come out on um you know, uh, uh, on DSPs and I'm going to watch it then. Like, no, it, you're, you're going to hear everybody talking about how amazing that, cause it's only going to get better in my mind. It's only going to get better. Like the Mugen train, you know, was just probably the tip of the iceberg. So whatever they got coming down the turnpike and knowing things are only going to get, you know, carriages going to get stronger. There's going to be more intense. It's only going to get better. So you're lying. If you're saying you're not going, you're going to go see it. And I'll be there with you, uh, with the popcorn and the and the candy and uh, the drink, <laughs> the the drink. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, that is the end of our show. Man, I really appreciate anybody that came and watched. You know, of course, uh, you know, if you want to become a BOMAT member, please uh, look in the description or look us up and join our bbp discord you know we'd love to have you there and you know we are growing uh we have a goal that we're trying to reach but you know that is our little community that we're building and as time goes on you know i i expect that uh, the bingo book podcast will do some uh really fun stuff uh with any you know all of our members that are included and you know just have a good time just have fun and you know normally we would do a uh character target review where i break down characters from the anime but you know kind of you know going on with the theme of this anime you know or i should say this anime but rather this episode where i talked about how you know uh art really does imitate life and these episodes that came out this week were very uh hard hitting you know it, it got to the soul of uh what we as everyday people go through in our lives and you know i'm definitely not removed from that one of my best friends contacted me late late last night and you know uh you know needed me and because i love my friend i love my family you know i was there for him so i wasn't you know we weren't able to prep and do as many things as we wanted to but hey all i can say is be there for your people, support your people, especially if they're there for you as best you can and, you know, love and live life and, and laugh. <laughs> All right. That is a show. I do hope that you'll come and see us on our Saturday episode where we'll cover some more at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is it. Y'all have a good one and we are out of here. Bye now. <laughs>